It is a matter of timing, or at least that's what scholars of comedy say about good comedians, that they are not as much masters of humor as much as wizards of timing, of knowing exactly when to speak and exactly when to be quiet. Dr. Fame Perkins, a scholar of early Christianity, says that much of the conflict and secrecy in the Mark text we just heard is a matter of timing. The when of announcing Jesus' status as God's anointed one, God's Messiah, something he tells his apostles to keep to themselves. It is not that Jesus does not want his disciples to announce him as the Messiah. It is that their timing around it is not synchronized with God's. Said another way, Jesus is a jazz musician, well-experienced in syncopation, while the disciples are classically trained. (laughs) No offense to anyone classically trained and are thus prone to missing the nuances of the disturbances and rhythmic flow jazz brings. Who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the human one, as the Common English Bible translates the phrase, son of man, must undergo great suffering and be rejected and killed and after three days rise again. This statement by Jesus implying that suffering is central to his mission is what causes Peter to rebuke him, which in turn causes Jesus to rebuke Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus says to the patron saint of those of us with foot-in-mouth syndrome, get behind me. Peter, like many throughout Christian history, preferred a Jesus who could simply emerge as king, foregoing suffering in particular and humanity in general. Yes, Peter preferred a Jesus who could forego being human. I say that because suffering is something common to human experiences. None of us is exempt from suffering. This is not to say, however, that God is the puppeteer above the stage of history causing us to suffer. Suffering is simply a thread woven into the fabric of the cosmos. This is something Jesus time and again attempted to convey to his closest followers, even amidst their protests. Peter, like so many Christians, gets the book answer about God right. Who am I? Jesus asks. You are the Messiah, he says like every good Sunday school student should. Peter's answer is technically correct. And yet, a few moments later, Peter misses the point of it all and seeks to repackage and obscure and minimize the complex and beautiful work of Jesus' life. 
Peter's attempt to derail Jesus' inevitable suffering during the first Holy Week. It is a matter of timing. In her book, The Window of Vulnerability, theologian Dorothy Sowell coined the term Christofascist. It's a strong word. People who, quote, want a God without justice, a Jesus without a cross, an Easter without a cross, a metaphysical Easter bunny in front of the beautiful blue light of the television screen, a betrayal of the disappointed, a miracle weapon in the service of the mighty, end quote. For God to be God, for God to be the incarnate God, For God to be a God in solidarity with us, God suffers. God stubs God's toe in the middle of the night in search of a glass of water. God gets frustrated with the daft masses in search of a king throughout the Gospels. God sits at the DMV for hours on end, just like us. In Christ, knowing the intimate details and holy minutiae of mundane human life. God suffers with us. It is a matter of timing. This harkens back seven chapters to Mark 1. How many of you remember Mark 1 back at the beginning of Advent in December of last year? where Jesus is driven into the wilderness and is tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. In that desert standoff, Satan seeks a sort of Christofascism from Jesus. Jump from the roof of the temple and angels will rescue you midair. Turn those rocks into bread and the crowds will go wild. Look at the power you can have, Jesus, if you'll simply bow down and worship me, if you'll just take the shortcut to glory. Jesus hears the echoes of the devil's lure in Peter's voice. Once again, Satan is giving Jesus an offer that cannot be refused, and Jesus must muster the inner strength to say no. There are no shortcuts in God's unfolding drama of salvation. It is a matter of timing. The human one must undergo great suffering and then rise on the third day. The shape of God's love is the shape of a cross. It is cruciform. It is the shape of of suffering. It is the shape of the whole spectrum of human experience, from suffering to joy and everything in between. Now, I don't want you to leave this service saying Canon Broderick thinks God causes or endorses or sanctions suffering. If you say that, I'll track you down. <laughs> and you know I will because that could not be further from the truth. If you hear me say anything, I want you to hear this, and I guess I could have just said this instead of preaching an eight-minute sermon. 
God loves us beyond measure in Christ. To the point that God in the incarnation, God becoming a human being, has endured and does endure the great swath of what we've endured. And God is thus able to have credibility with us when we pray. We can say without trembling, show me your scars, show me your wounds, God. Show me that you know what it's like to be me. And God can say clear-eyed and with humility, okay, I will show you.